For our communion meditation this morning, uh, I'd like us to reflect on the passage we've been considering in Romans 3. Could we bring that up? Do you have um, notes? There it is. So I'm going to read Romans 3. That's going to be our focus. But we're going to have a special consideration of um, the last verse in verse 26. So we'll start with verse 23 and... um, We'll really try to emphasize what Paul is getting at in verse 26 as we prepare for the Lord's Supper. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, that is, as a sacrifice of atonement. By his blood, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, as we come to your table this morning and prepare to receive this gift of this bread and this cup in memory of your blood and your body poured out for us, broken for us. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would meet us powerfully. You would really glorify yourself. Show us who you are again. And fill us afresh with your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So on our beach vacation, uh, I read a couple of books. But one of the books I read was Corey Ten Boom's classic autobiography, The Hiding Place. And I don't know if you've ever read this book. But without exaggeration, I can say for myself that outside of scripture, It is the most extraordinary book I've ever read. If you've not read it before, I urge you to read it. This book moves from Corey Ten Boom's life growing up as a little girl in Holland into her adult years and through her terrible suffering during the Second World War and after. Corey and her family suffered horribly at the hands of the Nazis. But in this book and in Corey's story, it is God's glory that shines all the brighter in the backdrop of that horror. After the war, Corey is led by the Lord back to Germany, actually all over the world, but Germany included. And she's brought there to encourage this despairing, destroyed nation that's been literally cut in half with the gospel of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. One day after a talk Corey gives there, she meets a former Nazi officer. He was from one of the concentration camps that she and her dear sister Betsy suffered terribly in. The man thanks her for her talk and he tells her that he has become a Christian. He has repented and turned to God and been converted. He has received God's forgiveness. And then he asks Corey for her forgiveness. 
But Corey's heart is filled with rage and she struggles mightily to forgive this man the unspeakable things that he did to her and to her sister. She knows God's command to forgive. But in that moment, facing this man who hurt her so much, all she can do is with a cold heart, beg God to change her coldness into forgiveness. We might understand this dilemma that Corey faced in forgiving this man of his terrible sins against her and her family. Her heart longed for justice in that moment. And forgiveness felt like letting justice go. Brothers and sisters, this is a dilemma that God knows very well. This is the dilemma he faces with all of us. You see, God has a problem with forgiveness. He is a just God, and he is a God who must do right by justice. In that moment for Corey, it might have surprised her to realize, and I don't presume to need to teach her really anything. I mean, she's with the Lord now. But in my speculative imagination, I wonder if it would have surprised her to realize in that moment that God is actually more concerned with justice and this man's sin being punished than she was. The fact is, God is actually consumed with a heart for justice far more deeply and far more seriously than any of us can imagine. He is consumed with a commitment to justice. See, his integrity and his honor and his glory depend on the upholding of justice. He must do what is right and he must repay all for all of our wrongful deeds and thoughts. The Bible tells us that God is love and he is love. He longs to be merciful and compassionate as the word tells us over and over and over again. But his mercy and compassion, they cannot come at the expense of his justice. And this is the beauty of the gospel. The gospel not only proclaims God's infinite love and mercy and compassion, it proclaims his justice and his honor. And this is exactly what Paul wants us to understand when he says in verse 26 about the gospel of God, it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The gospel was to show his righteousness. This morning as we take the bread and the cup, let us recognize what Jesus did for us. Through his body pierced and his blood shed for our sins, we are forgiven and we are justified before him. We are declared righteous before God forever. The cross of Christ justifies us. It erases our sin debt before God and declares us righteous in his sight even though we come in this morning with all kinds of imperfections and selfishnesses warring within us, God says, in my sight, 
You stand justified because of my son. That's what the gospel does for us. But let's remember what the gospel does for God. What the cross of Christ does for God. In a very real sense, the cross of Christ also justifies God. It declares that he is righteous. It shows that God has not ignored the sins of his people and let them go unpunished. No, he has punished them in Christ. And thereby, he is zealous to proclaim to the world and to the heavenly places, to angels and principalities and powers and devils, to the universe to proclaim that he is not only love, but that he is just. And brothers and sisters, this is incredibly good news for us. It means that our forgiveness, our justification does not come at the expense of God's justice. Jesus has suffered our just punishment before a just God. And so now, because of that, God would never be just to condemn us. He would never be just to punish us for our sins. Because God's justice is satisfied, because he can proclaim to the world through the cross that he is just, all that is left for us is not justice. All that is left for us is infinite love infinite mercy, infinite compassion. That's all he has left for his people. Amen. Amen. It's worth clapping this morning. As Corey Ten Boom stood before this former murderous Nazi asking for her forgiveness, she told God, she could not forgive this man. So God would have to work forgiveness in her. And so as she raised her feeble hand to clasp the man's hand, she said that to God, I I can't do this. You're going to have to work forgiveness in my heart. And we don't often get this and she didn't get it all the time. But in that moment, she literally felt a supernatural surge course through her body, filling her with, it was a physical sensation she had, but the emotional manifestation of it was she was filled with an incredible love, immediately replacing this wrath that she had towards him and this pain and this rageful desire for justice to be done It was gone, and she was flooded with compassion and love for this murderer. Her love was so profound that she wrote later, I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. How did this happen? Did God just forget all that this Nazi had done, all the murder and cruelty that crushed so many Did God forget to be just? No, he did not forget. He was just. He placed all that murder and cruelty on himself in the person of his son 
And the father crushed the son for the sins of that Nazi. And then, because of that, all the father had left for that former Nazi was infinite love. Brothers and sisters, this is how God deals with repentant Nazis. (laughs) But this is also how he deals with all of his children. This is how he deals with you. He places all of your selfishness and cruelty on his son. And he punished him for it all. And because of that, he has nothing left but infinite love and compassion and mercy for you. He may discipline you in his fatherness. (laughs) He will put you through trials to grow you. But it will all be love. It will all be compassion. He will never let you go because he has no reason to anymore. Jesus took every reason in himself on that cross.